up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called Mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama Stay with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the mommy collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. Welcome to another episode of Mama Stay with Tanika Ray. We are at the end of June. I, seriously, who can believe that it's even summer? And what's so great about this time is all these festivities that arise during the summer months. One of my favorites that I went to right before the pandemic was the ABFF. It is the American Black Film Festival down in Miami. It is the most extraordinary experience because this film festival was quite literally made for us and by us. It's straight FUBU. And I love the people who have created it and who are keeping it running, keeping it going, and keeping it thriving. Jeff and Nicole Friday. Jeff created this film festival back in the day. It used to be called the Acapulco Black Film Festival. And then over the years, with so much success, he turned it into the American Black Film Festival, which is, when I say rocking down in Miami, y'all, it is no joke. It is happening right now between June 20th and June 30th. Films, conversations, community, it represents it all. And what's so beautiful is that over the years, ABFF has truly been the foundation for a lot of stars to rise. It has been Will Packer's beginning, Issa Rae, Taraji P. Henson. It has been a place where Black celebrities and Black filmmakers can go and feel celebrated and honored we are here at Mama's Day, super honored to have the gorgeous matriarch of ABFF, Nicole Friday. She is raising two sons. She is married to Jeff. They work together. They live together. And uh, they just went through a pandemic and quarantine together. She's got some jewels and some great tips. So listen up. Welcome to the mic, Nicole Friday. Time is so like I don't know what day it is. Like it's very. If I didn't have my calendar telling me every second of the day what to do, I would. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. Trust. (laughs) How has it been for you, mommying during the pandy? Has it shifted you in any way? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was certainly glad to glad that the kids returned to school, and I know that they were glad to return to school, and I was glad to return back to the office because it was a lot. I mean, the four of us in the house, two dogs, it was a lot. I began to feel like the walls were closing in on me and I just needed air. (laughs) And, you know, and I know that the feeling was mutual. It wasn't just me. Jeff felt that way. My boys felt that way. 
But, you know, it's funny because when the pandemic first started, you know, everyone was like, oh, this is great. We're home together, a lot of together time, games, cooking, so many things that we would do together. We just had to just be together, right? <laughs> that first month. And then- <laughs> that first month. And then, I mean, no one had any idea that it would last two years. And so... I think by, you know, like you said, the first month, certainly by the sixth month, we were all like, okay, we retreated to our own spaces and just needed our own time. And I would take walks. I mean, but we did, we started doing a lot of, a lot more exercising, riding bikes together. And so we would, we would take a ride just to the mailbox, (laughs) like our outing just to get out the house. It was kind of crazy, but um, we weathered the storm. And, uh, and I think that we're all doing a lot better being, outside and still being able to do the things that we want to do and come together when we want to. Yeah. Now we have options, but now we know how to actually be together the other, like, like it's a whole other level to our relationships since Andy. And I have to say, I was driving through neighborhoods when the lockdown was in full swing and to see all these people in the neighborhoods walking, it's gone. Now people aren't doing it. They're just one person, in the family walking a dog, but whole families walking down the street through neighborhoods. It was like carnival. It was crazy, but (laughs) how beautiful to like reestablish that as something that families do because we've lost it to a certain degree. Absolutely. You know, I did say, I said, this was God's way of really pausing everyone and creating that family connection that we once had before we had all of these distractions, because there are so many distractions with social media and with electronics, people are constantly on their phone. I mean, you go out to dinner and you see families of four, everyone's on their phone. Like, what are you doing? You're out together, have conversation. And so I think that that's what the pandemic forced us to do. It forced us to come together, have conversation, eat dinner together, slow down, take walks, family walks, fam- the whole, the entire family's walking the one dog. <laughs> you, know, you didn't see that before. So it was a lot of pedestrian traffic and that has slowed down. But at least I think that we all recognize the importance of spending time together and cherishing those moments and cherishing our family a lot more. Look, we have chosen a life in a very fast paced world. You especially here on Mama's Day with Tanika Ray, we celebrate the bridge between being a boss and mommying AF, right? So tell everybody, I can talk about you forever. Nicole, you co-created ABFF with your husband, which is the American Black Film Festival, which is to me, it is the end all be all to black cinema. Like it is where things pop off. It's where the greatest stars, the greatest A-list actors got their start or were acknowledged and got their accolades for the first time. Tell me about being a boss there and how you've always balanced being a mommy of two boys. Well, thank you for that. So actually my husband and I run the festival together. Jeff founded the festival in 1997 and it was for five years called the Acapulco Black Film Festival. So that's where it all began. And then we moved stateside five years into the festival. So It's interesting because we have this company, so it's grown to be more than just a festival. We now have a company called ABF Adventures, and we also have a sister company called JFM, which is Jeff Friday Media, which is our production arm. And we have a couple of deals with Sony Pictures Entertainment and Warner Media. But on the ABF Adventures side, we do 
the festival, we do an honors program that has been on hiatus because of the pandemic. We also do a comedy show and we have a festival in London that we launched in 2019, but has too been on the hiatus. I've been on hiatus since uh, the pandemic, but we hope to return to that this fall. And we also launched, because of the pandemic, we launched a streaming platform called ABFF Play. So it is a lot. I mean, it's monumental to be very honest with you as a business woman and still find time to be a mother and a wife and just a family person. And just this morning, I was thinking, <laughs> it's so funny because I was riding my stationary bike this morning. I was riding it and I was thinking, I need to turn my camera on just so, because sometimes I feel like, I want to talk about like my day to day, like what if there were a camera following me around? And I know that there are reality series that, that do this, obviously, but I was like, what if there was a camera following me and Jeff around, like just on our day to day, like how things start, middle, finish, you know, because it's a, it's a lot. I mean, this morning I got up, I take care of the dogs. I take care of myself. I make sure the kids are up and moving. And I oftentimes start dinner. Because I don't have time after being at work for a full day. And then, you know, the kids are like, mommy, I'm hungry. What's for dinner? My husband's like, mom, oh, mom, not mom. <laughs> but Nicole, I'm hungry. That's a whole other thing, sweetie. <laughs> hey, mama. <laughs> Nicole, <laughs> Nicole, I'm hungry. What's for dinner? It's always that. So I'm always thinking about work, but also thinking about home. Like, okay, I have to constantly prepare. Like I have to take the meat out of the freezer. I have to chop up the onions and the peppers or whatever, which is what I did this morning, you know, in preparation so that my time when I get home is not, doesn't go straight from work to spending time in the kitchen and not having any time for mommy. Because that's really important. Even if it's five, 10, 15 minutes, just sit down with your child or children and just be. And that's what I try and do because I can, I can literally move constantly. Like I could go from one thing like you from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, and not really enjoy or be in that moment of that one thing that you're doing. And so it's really important that I schedule things that I, that I plan. Time management is so important for me. Like I need to know that I'm going to be at work for X amount of time, and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to cook for X amount of time. And then I'm going to spend time with the kids or husband or whatever. So I try and prepare as much as possible in advance so that I can be efficient with my time. I mean, there is no other way around it. And I'm one of those people that was analog for a long time, but now it's since the pandy, I have found three beautiful calendars, mm. like a Daniel Laporte one with inspirational say three, all wow. empty. I was like, I look like a mad woman who's hoarding calendars. So now I've gotten to a digital one that sits on my kitchen wall. It has changed our life. We can see it when we're eating breakfast. And it's just, it's hard to remember things these days, right? Our memory just, first of all, our children steal it. And then the pandy has us like, what day, what time, what year? So having it digital or having it written down is just the only way to go as a mom. And then the next thing you said that was amazing to me is you're right. It's not just one job and preparing for the future and seeing the whole scope of the day. We have so many jobs as mothers. It's astounding to me that women, they say that women couldn't handle CEO jobs and being the top of companies. We're already doing it. 
You're already doing it. You are a woman who is an executive taking care of your husband and your sons and being a businesswoman all simultaneously. We're not to downplay what Jeff is doing. He's incredible. But it's something extra mamas have to take care of, taking care of other humans, making sure they're fed, nurturing them. It's so many behind the scenes things that I do as a mother that Jeff has no idea. Now, I can tell you that through the pandemic, he certainly got a huge glimpse of of what else happens. <laughs> and so that was helpful. And then in that, he so he jumped in and started doing a lot more than he had been doing in the past. But this there's, there's still a ton of things. I mean, there are doctor's appointments and dental appointments and school emails that that I deal with as a mother that he does not deal with. And then even today while riding my stationary bike, I thought, oh, you know what? I need to make my annual appointments. <laughs> I to take care of me. I need to take care of me because if this engine breaks down, there's so many things that will break down. And Jeff does say that to our kids. He says, you know, you better take care of your mother because if something happens to her. <laughs> I saw a post recently and I don't know if you saw, I can't remember. I think someone sent it to me, but it was this woman talking about she's not just a mama. And all of the jobs that we mothers have and all of the jobs that she does before anyone else wakes up in the morning. <laughs> I was like, amen. I mean, wow. come on. Come I on. said, you know, I have not gone to medical school, but gosh darn it, if I am not a pediatrician. <laughs> So real pediatrician, therapist, cook. I love watching you cook because you've grown this like appreciation and love for making incredible. I'm trying to plug in my computer. Why can I see? Because I need glasses now, Nicole. Okay. Girl, you know, I can't see anything without them. So I don't even fake it anymore. I I just keep trying to be, I just, I'm just blind when I do my podcast. I see, I kind of see you there, but you know, I see your baby shirt. (laughs) Sorry. But you look beautiful. As do you. It's what it is. No, but it's it's super interesting how we have shifted in this pandy. It's made us better. It's made us more uh, observant of our flaws, where we need to make shifts. What did you learn most about yourself in this pandy? I mean, they're saying it's over, but we all know the truth. Right. No, it's on. It's it's ongoing for sure. There's a few things I learned about myself. I learned that I'm a hoarder. Me too. What are you hoarding? Because I could blow you away with what I'm hoarding. What are you? I am a, I am a paper towel. I'm a paper disorder. I'm a paper towel, toilet paper hoarder. And I've also learned I don't feel comfortable if I don't have like an abundance of toilet paper or paper towels in my house, even now. So I, I, I pulled back on the, the grocery hoarding as, you know, I don't do that as much, although I'm a grocery store shopaholic. I've pulled back on that, but the paper towels and the toilet paper, I'm, it's just, it's insane. Like if I get down, I'm like, oh God, I gotta go to this st- <laughs> to get toilet paper. Were you one of those when the pandy first started that would be in line for toilet paper? Were you one I of I was those? never in line. No, it's funny because everything kind of shut down on March 13th in 2020, but the week Days leading up to that shutdown, I was already in the store because I, you know, I was hearing things and I'm like, I think that something's going to happen. I better go to the grocery store and like just get stuff. And that's what I did. So I was, we were good for a while. And each time I'd go to the store, I would just 
stock up. And my house is not that big. So we had stuff everywhere. We found out a lot about ourselves. <laughs> we, we did. I also realized, and I think I knew this beforehand, but I realized how important me time is. You know, there's something that I used to do before the pandemic. And obviously during the pandemic, I couldn't do it. But, but I used to go check into a hotel once a quarter. So four times a year, not anything fancy, just go to a hotel mainly for 36 hours just to have that time. And I would literally, it wasn't a girl's thing. I would check out of the world. I would go stay in a hotel, watch movies on the hotel TV, go to the spa, eat by myself, just kind of rechecking in with me. Who am I? What am I? What do I like? What do I don't like? Just, I just need a moment. I would turn my phone off. So I would literally unplug. And so during the pandemic, I wasn't able to do that. And I realized the importance, how, how important that was to me. And so the minute we were able to go outside last year, not this time, but last year around this time, I was gone. I was like, deuces. And I literally would go and visit my family and say extended times. And I realized, gosh, I really miss being by myself too. What I love about what you're saying is that just because we have children and some of us have husbands doesn't mean we have to lose ourselves. We always have to check in with ourselves and you shouldn't have to apologize for that. Especially being a mom, you're up early, make, making sure you're chopping onions for the dinner that's going to be made eight hours later. It's like constantly having to consider others, which is beautiful. But wouldn't it be nice for one moment to not have to consider anybody but yourself to recharge, to rejuvenate, to get back to what do I like again? Because if you're cooking dinner for your family, does that mean you're cooking one dinner? Or are you one of those moms who your husband has a different palate? He's maybe vegetarian. Your kids may not like this. And then you, are you cooking multiple? Because I've heard that as well. Cooking multiple meals for different tastes. And then you're like, are you a short order cook at that point? (laughs) So I honor you for that. That is incredible. That's such a great tip that if you have the means, check out 24, 36 hours. What? Once every six months? It's once a quarter. So it's four times a year. Yes. I love it. It's amazing. It makes you a better human being, a better mom, a better wife, a better, a better professional, a better everything. You just need that time alone. That is some mama stay for you right there. (laughs) I'm stealing it. I'm borrowing it with love. Absolutely. I give it to you. (laughs) That is really good. And you do the spa treatments too. So it's really just, it's, it's me time in the most indulgent, beautiful way. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be anything expensive. No. It can be the hotel down the street around the corner kind of thing. Um, And that's what I've done. I haven't gone. I'm not getting on an airplane or anything like that. I'm not doing anything like that. It doesn't require it really, truly. And that's what I've discovered during the pandy is it's great to go to an island. We got beaches right here. So during the pandy, when everything was shut down, we went to the beach a lot. We set up shop at the beach like we have paradise here. Now, I don't know about I cannot vouch for that water. That water is a little dark and cold. It's but, cold. <laughs> but we can pretend that it's some fabulous paradise. Absolutely. Sun, water, beach. What mm-hmm. more do you need? 
Yeah. Finding pleasure in the simple things is so. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was big. I think during the pandemic, we certainly found pleasure in the simple things. I mean, even gaming. I mean, we, I'm a fierce competitor and we play games in our house. (laughs) And so y'all, it's a whole lot of trouble and clue and monopoly and all sorts of things. So those things were, were fun. And we still do those. We still do those because I love playing games. Oh, I love, I, I'm so bad at <laughs> games into my daughter's life. I don't know. It's just the two of us. And it's like, I just yeah. don't do it. But then my brother and his family constantly scrabble and this. So I gotta, I probably gotta add that to my, my mommy, even though. Mm-hmm. You do what you can, Tanika. I do what I can. You do what you can. Most importantly, I want my child to feel like she's, she's expressing her greatest passions, right? And I'm sure you've ex- assessed your sons. They're not the same person. They're different people. Yeah. And you really have to find out what does my child love? Because one of the things that has granted me such serenity as a mommy and trying to get everything done during the day is... I say to people all the time, cut out the fluff. You don't have to go to every birthday party you're invited to. If it's an acquaintance, it's okay. It's okay to say, making our weekend too tight. Let's treat them and maybe we take them out for yogurt or we go to lunch with them at another time and give them their gift then. It's okay not to make everything. And I know I'm an introvert and I, I don't go to every Hollywood party. That's just how I, it's just how I am. And it's not, I I don't say that it's the best way to navigate Hollywood, but sometimes I don't have the bandwidth for it. Yeah. No, I listen. And I understand that. I understand that. And if you don't have the bandwidth, then it's okay to say no. It's okay to stay home. It really is. I mean, that happened last week during the festivities leading up to the Oscars. And we had just gotten back from skiing. So we took a few days, we took the kids to up to Whistler and and I, I didn't think about it. Neither one of us thought about it at the time. Like, oh gosh, this is right before the Oscars and all the things that happened leading up to the Oscars. I mean, I was a little hesitant anyways, because again, we're still in a pandemic. And so I just didn't want to be around everyone. And besides that, I was tired and I gave myself grace. I said, I don't have to show up at everything. I don't have to. I'm too tired. <laughs> and, and I'm okay being at home in my pajamas because that is my favorite place to be at home in my pajamas with fuzzy socks. <laughs> well, I, I, my brother and his wife gave me the greatest gift of all time. And I don't even know what it's called. It's a fleece fluffy hoodie that goes oh. all the way down to my ankles. Oh, <gasps> that's amazing. Is everything. And I don't even, I didn't even know where it came from it, it, because we actually thought we had COVID over the holidays because everyone we skied with got COVID. This Omicron, everyone was vaccinated and everybody got it. So we isolated because we're responsible people and uh, we ended up not having it. But for Christmas, we were home and my brother just delivered like all these gifts from the family. And there was this glorious oversized hoodie made of nice. Oh, that's I sleep in it every night. Amazing. It's everything. Oh, gosh. So that's I, my happy place. So I so understand. Like we yeah. can be extroverts and be out in the world and navigate Hollywood and make incredible projects and also like really love home. Like yeah. I think as a mom, it's necessary that your home be your favorite place. I really do for your kids yeah. too. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I encourage my kids to go out, listen, go out, be social, do all of those things that are fun. And I much prefer because I have boys. So my boys are constantly doing the video games and I'm always like, yeah, (laughs) go out. (laughs) Yeah. Go out, have a good time. Be free. You don't have to stay in the house. I, I am always encouraging them to do that. But I have to say that during the during the lockdown periods, they were I mean, no one came in and we didn't go out and they were perfectly fine with it. I love that. How old are your boys now? Edison is 16 and Ellis is 14. That, wow, babe. They're on the verge of adulthood. I know. It's crazy. That's a whole other thing. Going in at 14, come and now it's 16, 12, and then four. That's a big jump. And you know what's so beautiful? Those are some really impactful years that they got to spend really close to mom and dad. So sometimes things happen perfectly as they should. I agree. I think that they do. Everything's in, a, in its divine order. Well, let me ask you this because you are raising boys in a time when the world is really crazy. When the George Floyd thing went down, how did you and and Jeff sit the boys down and discuss that with them? We're very open with our kids. I mean, you know, because we run a black film festival, you know, we talk a lot about what it means to be black. And early on with my kids, I started something in the month of February. You know, obviously February is Black History Month or named Black History Month. But every day is Black History Month for those of us who are black. Every day. February is just anniversary. February's anniversary. So in the anniversary month of Black history, I would have them, I would actually select Black inspirational leaders, figures, celebrities, just it would run the gamut, Black impactful people or notable people. And they would write about those people. So there was a, there's a person each day of the month that they write about. They write an an essay about each person. And I, like I said, I started this early on with them. And so they understand who they are and they certainly understood what was going on with George Floyd. I mean, from Trayvon Martin on, um, we've had these conversations and they were really young, obviously, when, the, when everything happened with Trayvon Martin. But we, were, we, didn't, we don't sugarcoat things. We let them know and we talk to them because they are black boys and we let them know who they are in this world and how the world sees them. And recently, you know, of course, we had this conversation about what happened at the Oscars. And I said to my son, I said, sons, I said, I just had this conversation with my oldest one yesterday, but we talked about it since it happened. But I said, listen, I said, here's the thing. That moment was a lot. It wasn't just a moment. It was a lot. But what's really important is not to react to things. I said, because when you react to things, they're very emotional. And chances are there's going to be something terrible that comes of it. So what you have to do is you have to take a beat and you have to respond. Even when someone does or says something to you that you don't like or you disagree with, you don't have to retaliate right away. You don't have to react right away because when you react, it's emotional. But when you respond, you've thought about it for a moment. And I said to him, that's what I love about email. Email comes through, you read it, you look at it. Take a pause. You take a pause. You don't react to email. You respond to an email, you reply to an email, but you don't react to it. And so, you know, we try and find, try and make every lesson (laughs) practically a teaching opportunity or a teaching moment, because there's always a lesson to learn in whatever happens in life, right? Whether it happens 
to them or someone else or you witness it. And, and even the, the young man un- that unfortunately fell from the free fall a few weeks ago, there was a conversation we had to have there. There was a lesson there. But back to the George Floyd, you know, we, we did that. We were very involved. We protested. They understood why we did a number of things and and they get it. Because I think I know where your sons go to school. And when our kids go to schools like that, we are required to supplement. Mm-hmm. Your request, another job we get to put on our backs. Right. Because no matter how extraordinary these schools are, they are never going to see our kids in their totality. So we are required, it, it would behoove us to take it upon ourselves to dissect every single thing in pop culture to teach them along the way to have very transparent conversations. And that's what's so crazy to me about this fragility over CRT. Oh, we don't want, girl, our kids been knowing. Mm-hmm. Your children are the ignorant ones. Like that's mm-hmm. where we're having issues. That's right. Ignorance breeds, breeds violence and breeds like bad behavior. Our kids been knowing the truth. They did not get afforded this time of carefreeness. Like, Let's get down to the, tr- we can never get anywhere until we're all just dealing with the truth. Yeah. What's, what's unfortunate is I feel like we'll always, I mean, you know, we always make progress. Certainly we've, certainly we've made progress since the days of, of John Lewis and Martin Luther King. And, but there's always, I feel, <laughs> there will always be progress to be made. I don't know that we'll ever be in a position or a place where we won't have these conversations and there will be total equality. I don't know that we'll ever be there. It's unfortunate. You know, I think that it's important to teach our kids just how to navigate the waters and the reality of where we are in this world and who you are in this world and what your contribution can be. Okay. So I want everybody to know that ABFF has expanded. You guys have all these new ventures. Now you do the gala. Are you calling it the gala still? It's ABFF honors. Honors. There we go. Honors. Now you were, oh, I know you were talking about the Will Smith, Chris Rock situation and how you had to speak to your boys. Now you and Jeff know both of them and we're not going to even talk about that. I personally feel like, because I know both of them as well. I personally feel like let's not put the energy on the, the event. Let's put the energy on the acceptance speech. That's where we can all grow from. That is the, the, the teaching tool for me is that we've never seen a black man make a mistake. And so, and then be poured into by his elders and then go in front of the world and have this like such raw emotions and where he went wrong. And so that acceptance speech alone must have impacted your sons in such an incredible way. You know, it's funny because we talked about the words that Denzel exchanged exchanged with Will in that moment. And I just repeated it. I said, at your highest point, the devil, I mean, he'll, he will reveal himself. He will. I genuinely, I mean, I feel bad for the entire situation. I feel bad for, you know, even Will Packer, who, as you know, started, he got his start at ABFF. And this was his, the biggest moment, his words of his professional career. And I just feel so sad about the whole situation And I know that Will Smith has, you know, worked so hard for this moment to receive this. And and I I feel bad for the Williams sisters. I feel bad for all of them. I really do. And Quest Love and and all the other winners, because this has just overshadowed 
what they have worked so hard for in a moment. And, and that was the other lesson that I said to my kids. I said, you know, in a moment, your life can change just by one decision, one decision, mistake, whatever you want to call it in a moment. And I feel bad because I'm sure Will Smith is probably home with the pillow over his head. You know, and how many times have we been there like, gosh, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't say that. I wish I could take that back. Or, you know, or Chris, I don't, I mean, I don't know how Chris is feeling about what he said. And I know that he is a comedian. And, and can comedians go too far? Yeah, they can go too far. Has Will been laughing his entire life about stuff? Yeah, but is he in pain prob- in, inside? Probably, clearly. Yes. You know, I mean, if, and if you read his book, you know that he has pain. And even when he talked about his mother being at home knitting, with her friends. That was painful for him that she wasn't there. 100%. (laughs) Because, mama say, we all want our moms to be there in all the glorious, painful moments that we have. And when we're in pain, we want to go lay on mom's lap and cry. No matter how old we get, no matter how how accomplished, no matter how accomplished we are, no matter what it is, we want to lay on their chest and cry. And I can only imagine that that's, that he wanted his mother in that moment. I can only imagine. It's so deep too. And what people aren't talking about is, well, now Chris is coming out speaking about his trauma, being beat up so much as a little boy, being harassed by the kids in school, being bullied, being slapped for no reason all the time. This was like, oh my God, the flat, I mean, his PTSD it's unreal. And then Will's trauma, we're always dealing with our trauma. Will's trauma of watching his dad abuse his mom growing up. And so he becomes the perpetrator. I mean, it is so deep. It is so, it's so deep. So it's deep. It's it is deep. People, for people to, oh, he's wrong. I don't even want to talk about right and wrong. It's deep. I can get emotional just thinking about it. And it wasn't me. I mean, I'm not affected by it at all, but it's deep to it's deep to see that it is so deep because you're right if you think about Chris and how he was bullied growing up in Brooklyn and even if you think about his show everybody hates Chris I mean if you think about all that and in that moment of him and and even as a comedian you know sometimes you you become who you are because of not sometimes always you become who you are because of your your past. So he became a successful comedian joking on everybody else. All those people who used to tease him, now the joke's on you because look at me and I can now really joke on you, right? And so that's what he has made a living doing. That's what he's become. And so in that moment, when Will did what he did to him, I know, I mean, clearly we saw that he was stunned. He was shocked. He almost could he was like, I can't believe this just happened in his head. You could see that. And he it took him a moment to regain his composure. And so I'm sure in that moment when that happened, he went right back to that, that child who was bullied. Honestly, the whole thing is so bad. And I don't believe, I really don't believe that Will knew what he was going to do as he walked on that stage. I really don't. I really don't. I, I think that he just walked on the stage. He was like, I got to do something, you know, because honestly, it would have been real gangster <laughs> if he walked on that stage whispered in his ear and then turned around and walked. <laughs> I was whole, I, 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 that would have, that's what I keep thinking. Like he could have just been like, stop it. Like he, if he had just gathered himself, but I mean, look, there's no, there's no coulda, shoulda, woulda at that moment. No, 
think he was even in his body. I don't think he was in his body. I don't. It's so unfortunate. I, 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 I hope and pray for healing for, for Will, for Jada, for Chris. Oh, it's unfortunate. All I can say, honestly, is it's so unfortunate. I know. <laughs> it's I know. so unfortunate. And, and, I, just, and, I, and, I, and I, I did a, a couple posts and I'm like, you know, if this had happened at the Image Awards, the ABFF Honors, the BET Awards, it would have been different. But the fact that it was on the most public stage with people who aren't in the family made it just so painful for everybody. But, you know, people choosing sides, I just think that's ridiculous. And stu- we're, we, we live in this culture of like, you got to choose a team. And I hate all of it. I hate it. I hate the team Coke, team Pepsi, team. Oh, I think it's all stupid. And it, it further entrenches this idea of, of, of picking a team Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose politics. Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. And it's ugly and it's divisive and it is not getting us anywhere as a culture. So That's true. I rebuke That's it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said. It is. And how you're raising your sons. It really does come down to what can we learn from this? Especially since you guys hold space for people who do get to the toppity tippity top. You guys hold space at ABFF for these people that though one day it might be a, a really good independent movie like a Love Jones, the next moment they could be at the top of the world. And your sons have been there. They've met these people. They've also grown up in Los Angeles at very prestigious schools. How do you and you as mommy bear keep them grounded for the real world out there? Because mama, I went to Brentwood. And I was not prepared for the real world. Thank God I went to Spelman. Got a little counterbalance situation. How are you as mommy bear keeping them like the world looks like this 360? This is just a small little microcosm of privilege, of beauty, of you know excellence, but not the whole world looks like that. Well, the good news is, you know, I grew up in New York and Jeff grew up in New Jersey. And we obviously still go back there often. Um, we still, we actually still have our house back in New Jersey. So we spend a lot of time outside of the pandemic. We spend a lot of time home with family who is not of this Los Angeles privileged Hollywood world. So I think that based on that realness or that really fam- that family dynamic of just, uh, for lack of a better words, regular people. <laughs> They get balanced. They, they see it. They're like, okay, well, we know that this person, that person, they have this, that, and the other. And let me tell you something. There's outside of probably the Middle East or Dubai, you know, there's not money. There's, there's the money and, and the access in Hollywood is unreal. Yeah. <laughs> unreal. Unreal. <laughs> unreal. And so they know they, they, I mean, we keep them balanced just by letting them know that, you know, we don't have, we don't have what so-and-so has. That's not what we have. That's not our reality. That's just not how that goes. We don't have, you know, endless money. You know, like you mentioned, the kids are on spring break. They call me yesterday wanting to order. Well, you can't order Postmates every, every day. And I said, you know what Postmates is? Postmates was when I went grocery shopping over the weekend and you need to go look in that freezer or refrigerator and take something out and make it. That's our Postmates. We're not doing that. <laughs> we're not. We're not doing that. But I think to keep them grounded, I mean, just 
being honest, being real. I try to be very real. I, I, our kids, by way of the school that they attend, obviously, are privileged kids, but they understand that at any given moment that this can be taken away. And we work hard. We work real hard for you to have what you have. And you cannot take that for granted. I made my son, my oldest, my 16-year-old get a job. None of his friends have a job. You did? None. Yes. Good for you. He needs a job. He's 16. He needs a job. I had a job at 13. Why aren't you working? I'm not going to keep paying for you to go hang out with your friends. I'm not doing that. That is so real. I love that. He's got a job. He gets a paycheck. He, he has direct deposit. It goes right into his bank. He's, he's able to manage his own money. Like, I am not doing that. He has, he has to save a portion of it, of course. But you need a job. I love and I remember that. my friend saying, poor baby. Ah! <laughs> no, ma'am. Mm-mm. No, and they do. I mean, they do chores. They do their own laundry. They're 16 and 14. I'm not washing your clothes. If you don't have clean underwear, shame on you. That's on you, babe. Turn it inside out. <laughs> <laughs> consequences, but I'm nobody's fool. Mama Stay, you, it's such an important platform for me because I think mommying is sort of the filter to everything in our lives, right? Conscious parenting, conscious loving, conscious eating. It's kind of full stop across the board. But the way we mother requires us to grow too. You can't be a stunted adult and think that your kids are going to be extraordinary. It doesn't work that way. We have to grow. We have to learn. We have to evolve. We have to do our own work on our own traumas, right? Absolutely. What is the one song? What's your theme song, girl? My theme song. I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. You know you were that kid in New Jersey like, yes, Whitney. I am Whitney Houston. You know you were. Uh, you know, it's one thing I would also say. This is a saying that I say to, to moms, to people, you know, a mantra that I say that I think people should leave with. And I'll leave with this is my breath is my anchor and my anchor is my breath. That's good. I love you. Thank I you. you. Thank you, you know for what? coming on Mama Stay with Tanika Ray and pouring the gems, honey. And staying exactly who you are, successful boss mom, mommying AF, two beautiful kings that are learning the right way to navigate this world. I'm excited for their future. Congratulations to Jeff. Congratulations to you. And when's the cookbook coming out? I don't know, girl. You know, I'm just cooking my way through. (laughs) It'll be like Nicole's favorite Trader Joe mashup, right? (laughs) Peter Joe for life. Right. Absolutely. Thank you, honey. Thank you so much. This was great. Thanks for inviting me to participate in Mama's Day with Tanika Ray. I truly had a good time. So thank you. Congratulations to you. Thank you. And I'll see you maybe this weekend if we can get out of bed. All right. Yes. Thank you. Bye, honey. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift, and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, woosah. 
and Mama Stay.